If your skin doesn't know whether to break out or wrinkle, if you're caught between planning the third grade class party and researching retirement plans, or if you want to work out but the idea of CrossFit makes your 40-something knees ache, you've come to the right place. Welcome to This Unmillennial Life. I'm your host, Reagan Jones, and welcome to the show. On today's episode, we're talking about something that truly, I believe, started as a millennial phenomenon, and that is the concept of cutting the cord. Now, it's certainly not something that that generation owns, but I do think that it's something that we can acknowledge that millennials got the ball rolling, but those of us in this unmillennial generation are absolutely willing to pick it up if it benefits us on our bottom line. On today's show, I'm hosting Luke Bauma, who is with CordCuttersNews.com. There arguably is not another source online that's going to give you more comprehensive information about cutting the cord. And while if you're on the fence, I don't know if this episode is going to make you determine one way or the other whether you should or shouldn't. If you've been thinking about cutting the cord, this episode absolutely will give you the information that you need to know to start thinking about making that process happen and hopefully enlighten you to some things that you should think about before you do decide to cut the cord. I hope you enjoy this episode. And with that, I'll say, Luke, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having us. I'm so excited because this is a topic that I've had a discussion with many of my unmillennial friends who were literally raised on cable. And we honestly are that group of people who I think have a hard time imagining how there is any other way to do it other than being um, married to our cable service provider. So this is a timely topic. I feel like millennials are way ahead of us. They already understand how to cut the cord. But I wanted to have you on to really kind of help us understand why would an unmillennial who's been raised on cable want to even consider cutting the cord? Well, there's really three reasons I find people who are in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s really cut the cord for. Uh, first is money. I mean, the Wall Street Journal says on average, cord cutters will save $100 every month by being a cord cutter. The other is content. There's just content you can't get with cable anymore. Uh, Orange is the New Black, The Hands Made Tale, the new Tom Clancy show that just came out on Amazon are all great new shows, award-winning shows you can't watch on cable. And the last one is freedom. People want the ability to pay for what they want, watch it when they want, how they want, which is something you can't do with cable. You get these long contracts, you get stuck in, we're going to tell you what what you're going to be able to watch, when you're going to be watching it, and how you're going to watch it. With cord cutting, I can watch it when I want, where I want, and how I want. When you mentioned um, point number two about content, I think that's probably one that really resonates with this audience because I know over in our This A Millennial Life podcast Facebook group, we have a running document where we share, it's a, it's a topic called If I Had a VCR. I would tape this. And realistically, all of the recommendations or most of the recommendations are coming off of services like Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime. So can you go a little bit deeper in um, for us on what the different services are that we have to choose from when we when we do make that decision that, hey, we are ready to cut the cord? There is more content that you could ever watch streaming online. Over 100 services in the United States stream online from free ones to paid services like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Uh, a recent survey says over half of a cable TV subscribers have Netflix, Amazon, or Hulu already. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, there's everything from 
content from the Hallmark Channel. They have their own streaming service now with exclusive content there, up family to anime programming, children's classic cartoons from Boomerang are available streaming online through their new streaming service. Really is a little bit of everything. If you're a sports fan, there's services like ESPN Plus, which gives you additional content that's not even available on cable. They have, um, for instance, every major league soccer game in the U.S. streams on ESPN Plus for five bucks a month. So it really is a little bit of everything. Uh, what I always tell people is when you're looking at you know what streaming online is, start with what you already have. You probably already have a Netflix, a Hulu, an Amazon type subscription. Um, past that, there's a lot of free content out there. Um, there's a lot of paid services. It really is. My recommendation is to write down here are the five, ten shows I want, and then look around and try out the different services out there. Okay, so rather than pointing people in the direction of, all right, here's a grid that tells you all of the different services that are available, how you might want to piece them together, you think people really need to look at it in reverse and think, what is it that I'm wanting to, when I sit down to watch TV or sit down and watch my my computer or my iPhone or my iPod or iPad, I need to know what it is that I want to view on there. And then you back up from there and start cobbling those services together. Is that, that's your recommendation. I, I definitely would approach it that way. You know, one of the things I would actually say is go get yourself a streaming player. I know most people have them, whether that be a Roku or an Apple TV or an Amazon fire TV mm-hmm. and just go in there and on your Apple TV app or in the Roku search and type in, um, this is us from NBC, for example. And it will show you like, hey, here's this is us streaming for free on the ABC app. You can get it through Hulu or Netflix or Amazon, whatever service it's on. And it can help you kind of guide your path. Because I think one of the things that people kind of struggle with when they're going from cable, you're used to like, hey, if I want to watch Family Guy, it's on Fox. Mm -hmm. Now it's on Hulu. It's there, uh, but you really want the show. You don't really want the network. So if you look for shows, it will show you like, hey, this program, you can get every back episode available on Hulu, on Netflix, on Amazon, um, and that will help you build your content. Uh, For example, Roku just rolled out this great feature called Featured Free. And what it does is it takes all the free content from the ABC apps, NBC, the CW, uh, Fox, and so many other services, puts it all in one spot. So you could go in there and say, hey, you know, I don't even need a cable subscription to watch last week's The Simpsons or um, highlights from the Today Show and so on. So it's all right there at your fingertips right now. It just have to kind of do a little search and it may be almost easier to go and start with the streaming player and then use the built-in search feature on your streaming player. You mentioned um, the streaming equipment, the Roku, the the Amazon Fire Stick, the Apple TV. Um, I think people are somewhat familiar that those are out there. Uh, but can you go a little bit broader into all the different equipment that people might need to consider? Especially, I'd like to talk about the idea of an antenna. And then also give people a little bit of a preview of what they might see when they actually go to a store in the electronics department in the way of TVs that go ahead and have streaming built into them. Definitely. So the the big thing is the streaming player. And you may already have one in your home. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people already have a gaming system in there, a smart TV with apps already installed on it for Netflix, Hulu and others. Or, you know, starting at $30, you could buy a a Roku and connect it to your TV and have access to hundreds of thousands of TV shows and apps and services through it. Mm 
the big three streaming service devices is Roku, which is the largest in the United States. Um, super easy, super simple, super cheap mm-hmm. is a big thing for a lot of people. Um, it, you have the Amazon Fire devices, again, starting at just 40 bucks for their stick and going up. And then if you're a, an Apple user, if you buy all your content through Apple, through iTunes, you're definitely going to want to check out the Apple TV. Now, like all Apple products, it's a little bit more expensive, starting at $150. But it does nicely integrate in with your iTunes for all your movies or music or anything you've purchased through the iTunes user interface is all right there, plus access to Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and more. The uh, the next up is an antenna. So I grew up, my grandparents had the antenna, right? You get mm-hmm. ABC, NBC, Fox, maybe, big thing on the roof. Um, just like your cell phone's a little bit smaller, a little bit more powerful, antennas are a little different nowadays. The average American, um, according to the uh, over-the-air TV DVR company, Tableau, says on average their DVRs get 30 over-the-air TV channels in the United States. Um, Long gone are the days where it's just Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS. Now there's a whole host of sub-channels out there from everything from 24-hour news to sports networks that show sports all day, every day, classic TV, me TV is one of the most popular and they show a ton of classics, eighties, seventies, which I feel old saying the eighties are classics. Now, <laughs> um, it's all out there. It's so much content. Um, and some of this stuff isn't aired on cable others. Like, uh, one of the things I get asked a lot about, how do I watch the shopping networks, mm-hmm. QVC, um, and more they're often in most cities now free over there and oh. free streaming online. I had Luke, honestly, I had no idea. I, um, like I said, we've been in a contemplation mode and my mom has, uh, cut the cord. She's no longer tied to cable, but I did not realize that having the antenna got you access to so much. I, this like completely enlightening. And I'm really glad that you shared that. So talk us through like the process of, okay, where, where do you go get an antenna? Cause I'm like you said, I remember my grandparents having the big antenna on top of the roof and maybe you had to like turn it at a certain, for a certain channel that you really wanted to come in and be able to get the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Um, according to the FCC, 90% of Americans will get over their TV, including the big four. Mm-hmm. Um, ABC, NBC, Fox. What I recommend you do before you go to the store and buy anything, there's a website called Antenna Web. Mm-hmm. It's antennaweb.org. It has a search engine where you can put your zip code in and it will show you what channels you should be able to get where you live. Mm. And the, the great thing about that is it's going to show you, do you need an indoor antenna or do you live in a slightly poorer reception area where like a rough mounted antenna would be best for you? Gotcha. And the reason I recommend that is the worst thing to do is to go to Walmart and to do two things. A, if an indoor antenna is perfect for you, go buy a big, expensive outdoor antenna that you mm-hmm. overpay for. Um, the, the flip side is if you live in a more rural area, if I don't want you to go buy an indoor antenna just to find out, hey, that was not powerful enough for where I live. Um, so check that out. But antennas now are sold pretty much everywhere. Walmart, Best Buy has a great selection of it. Uh, you can also roll, go on Amazon. And you're going to find a wide range of antennas. And the, the nice thing about it, if you remember those old bunny ears, there's a lot of nice looking antennas. There's some that are flat that can hide kind of picture frame. Uh, there's even antennas that are picture frames themselves. You put it on your wall, you put a picture in it, and there's a little white cord that dangles out of a corner of it. And there's your antenna on the wall, hidden, out of sight, out of mind. Um, all the way up to those big, massive, roof-mounted antennas you probably remember from like, being a kid. Mm-hmm. 
so do do a tiny bit of research to avoid either overpaying or underpaying and it will it will save you a lot of headache. One of the things here in I live in the southeast People are passionate about their college football. And CBS has always historically been what the big game at 3.30 Eastern time is played. That's the the network that it's always played on. So in thinking through that, that CBS potentially, I assume, from what you're saying, is is always going to be available um, via the antenna, it did make me think about the, uh, the notion that one of the barriers in talking with my husband has always been sports. So can you now kind of talk through, you know, if you are, for instance, married to someone who has said, hey, I am not cutting the cord because I've always heard, I feel like it's this urban legend. I've always heard that once you cut the cord, you really can't get access to sports. Walk us through um, the reality of that. I am a huge college football fan, so I fully understand where your husband's coming (laughs) through. Um, the, The good news is it's never been easier and never cheaper to watch college sports. Um, of course, you know, like CBS with your antenna is great, but what about the SEC network right. for the games that are on there, ESPN? Um, there's tons of live TV streaming services. You've probably heard of Sling, Hulu, YouTube TV, DirecTV Now. They're all great options. Um, for example, Sling TV for $30 a month, no contract, subscribe when you want. You can get all the ESPNs, the SEC network, Fox um, Sports One, and more. Couple that with an antenna, great option there. Um, other ones like Hulu, YouTube, DirecTV Now, PlayStation View start at about forty dollars. Mm-hmm. But the benefit there is not only in, are you going to get your you know SEC network, Big Ten network, ESPN, and more, you can also they offer local streaming online. So if you do happen to be one of the ten percent of Americans that live in an area where getting one or more of your local struggles, mm-hmm. um, Hulu, PlayStation View, DirecTV Now offers Locals, pretty much in 90% of America, one or more of those services will offer all your locals. I think Hulu is at like 95% right now penetration for locals. And they're adding more by the week as we talk. So then my last question for you is really about this notion of cable providers being able to offer you, you know, DVR support, being being able to watch things um, recorded. Like I said, we have this whole um, running joke within the This Unmillennial Life podcast Facebook group about if I had a VCR, I would tape this. So I know that that people like that idea of being able to watch kind of um, shows that they've recorded. Is that an option for people who have cut the cord? It sure is. So right off the bat with streaming, um, all those services I just listed, DirecTV Now, PlayStation View, Sling, Hulu, all offer a live TV DVR. So you can DVR ESPN. You can DVR the Hallmark Channel, just like you would with cable. And no matter where you are, access that content. Um, Now, if you get an antenna, if you go that route, there are DVR manufacturers that make DVRs for antennas. Uh, Of course, TiVo, probably the best known DVR manufacturer out there has a version for over-the-air TV. There's others like Tableau DVRs, which is a really cool device. And the cool thing about it is you connect it to your Wi-Fi network, you plug your antenna into that device, and now on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, or your Roku, you can watch your antenna at home wherever you are. Oh, wow. I Yeah, I live far from my family, so when we go back up to Michigan to see my family, I can watch my antenna back in Texas. Uh, through the Tableau DVR app. And it's the features are all there. Um, 
and it's easy to set up and it works just like your cable DVR does. That's very helpful. Now, before uh, we share with people how they can follow you and stay up on all the latest on cord cutting news, is there anything else that you think people need to know? My only big tip for cord cutting is don't rush into it. A lot of people make the mistake and they end up overpaying when they don't do their research. So if you've decided, hey, I think I want to be a cord cutter, I always tell people, try it out. Uh, all these services, unlike cable, will give you a free trial. Take advantage of the free trials, test out the different live TV services, test out Hulu, test out Netflix, whatever you're thinking you may want to use before you cancel the cable. My wife and I did that for about a month. We unplugged the, the cable box in our house and said, okay, we're going to try streaming. It took us about two weeks for us to find everything we wanted. Mm -hmm. But once we did that, we never looked back. And we were, we were off and running and we've saved thousands of dollars so far. I can tell people that your website is absolutely a treasure trove of guidance and information. So why don't you uh, tell everyone, Luke, how they can find you and um, keep up on all the latest in cord cutting news. Oh, you can find us over at cordcuttersnews.com. Um, there you'll find a cord cutting 101 guide to help you get started and news about cord cutting, everything there. But if you have questions about cord cutting, you may want to check out our Facebook group. Facebook, um, if you just search on there for cord cutting tech support, we have a Facebook group with over 40,000 people who do nothing but answer cord cutting related questions. So feel free to, no matter how crazy or beginner it is, don't worry. We're here to help you post your questions and we'll hopefully help you save a ton of money. That is a super helpful group. I have to be honest and tell people that is exactly how I found you and how I found the website. I actually found it through a recommendation on, on Facebook and, um, just so much good, helpful information. You can almost always bet that when you have a question that comes up and you're trying to figure out how to access this show or, you know, compensate for losing that, that somebody else has out there has had that same question and they've probably posted it. So great recommendation for that group. And Luke, I just want to say again, thank you so much for sharing this information with us today. Hey, thank you for having us. Okay, that wraps up my episode with Luke. I would love to hear from you all, any of you all who have cut the cord. Let me know. Let me know what your experience has been. I just want to know, especially if you have different packages and services that you have liked or disliked, you can always reach out to me on social media at Reagan Jones RD or join the Facebook group and share that information in there. Send me an email, Reagan at thisunmillennialife.com or leave me a voicemail, thisunmillennialife.com slash contact. And with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but come right back as we wrap up the show with a couple of odds and ends. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering listeners of This Unmillennial Life a free trial and free audiobook download by visiting audibletrial.com slash unmillennial. That's audibletrial.com slash unmillennial. You know, one of the things that I hear from people who have successfully cut the cord is that they find that they actually spend less time sitting down and watching TV. That is a perfect opportunity to start listening to audiobooks because I have found that in my own life, and I know you all as podcast listeners can relate, that when I am listening to something, there are other things that I can be doing with my time, walking, doing housework, various things that I can do while I'm listening. And one of my favorite things to do is listen to audiobooks. And I've told you guys in previous episodes this season about work-related audiobooks that I've been listening to over the summer, but I have a fiction book that I am 
dying to listen to and would love to listen to with you all, if any of you all are interested, and that is Little Fires Everywhere. It has been highly recommended to me across the web and by various friends. I'm downloading it on Audible right now. I'm going to be listening to it throughout the fall as I am traveling. So if you want to download Little Fires Everywhere and listen along with me, you can do that by visiting audibletrial.com slash unmillennial. Welcome back. So those of you all who have listened to season one know that I love to end the show on a note that maybe ties in some of what we've been talking about in previous episodes and just incorporate some odds and ends that have been on my radar. I have a whole list of things to talk to you guys about. I'm not going to be able to include all of those today, but I'm going to hit some of the highlights. So some of the things that I've been holding back in being able to talk about are related to this episode. And those are things that fall on the list of if I had a VCR, I would tape this. Any of you who've listened to season one in its entirety know that this is a segment that regularly appears on the podcast. And it is driven in large part by my love of binge worthy TV on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, all of those services which let's be honest, those are the services who make, I think, cutting the cord so possible because you realize there's so much good content out there that in many ways you don't necessarily need what cable offers anymore. So with that in mind, I wanted to follow up on the program that I talked about last season, which is Ozark, and remind you all that season two is now out. My husband and I could not wait to get started. We began watching season two Almost as soon as we could, one of the listeners of the show, Sheila, who was in the podcast group, was the first person to alert me to the fact that the show was now available on Netflix, and we have spent the last few weeks getting caught up. I want to say to you all who have either not started watching Ozark or haven't started watching season two, it is not for the faint of heart. I said last year, and I will say it again, it has some similarities to, honestly, the gruesomeness of Breaking Bad. So if that show didn't appeal to you or the idea of that, it may not be the show for you. If you liked season one and you tended to binge on it, I am going to give you a word of caution that I actually found this year the episodes to be so full of shock that I actually could only watch one episode at a time. So this may not be the show to sit down and watch over and over, but I continue to enjoy it. I look forward to the next season. It leaves on a little bit of an odd note. My husband and I both kind of looked at each other like, is that it? Is that all we get for this season? It flew by and watching it. So Ozark season two, it's out now. If you're watching it, let me know. Would love to hear from you and would love to hear from you over in the Facebook group, especially if you have other recommendations for our document. If I had a VCR, I'd tape this. After I started that document, I also started a document in the Facebook group for podcasts and audiobooks that people were loving. And one of the ones that I wanted to get feedback on specifically is one that's being advertised heavily to me in my podcast app, which is Dr. Death. I have not started listening to it, but I did get good feedback from members of the This Unmillennial Life podcast Facebook group, many of them saying it was um, full of excellent reporting and good narration, but the reality of what this man did to his patients is horrifying. That was definitely the overwhelming sentiment that the content of Dr. Death is essentially horrifying. So here we have have both Ozark that I'm telling you is rather gruesome and Dr. Death that is apparently horrifying. 
but I say sign me up. Those are the things that I can't turn away from. So I will be downloading and listening to that as well. If you have feedback, let me know. I would love to hear from you. Moving on from that type of content, I wanted to give you guys a couple of follow-ups from the last couple of episodes. First, a little bit of feedback from the fasting episode or the fasting episodes. And this was specifically a post that Amy from our Facebook group made. And I just wanted to share it with you guys because I think it sums up a lot of what I was essentially trying to get at in that second episode where I talked about listening to this new audiobook on Audible, The Circadian Code, and really getting a good sense of how time-restricted eating, which sounds a little bit simpler and softer than fasting, may have the same types of health benefits that we see with a more stringent fasting plan, but may be a little bit gentler and easier for some of us to implement. And here's what Amy shared with us. She says, I listened to both episodes. After listening to episode one, I decided to try a 12-12 plan for the week. So Monday through Friday of last week, I didn't eat anything after 7 p.m. and until at least 7 a.m. the next day. A few days, I even made it to 14 hours. It wasn't hard to cut out my evening snacking, which isn't good for me anyway. Just doing that for a few days made me feel stronger. I slept better and I felt better. I'm a runner and I also do morning classes at the gym. Because I can't do a workout without having a little bit to eat prior, I can't see myself doing a 16-hour fast. But I'm just here to say that doing 12 hours is not hard and will likely be beneficial. Over the weekend, I fell off the fasting wagon, and I didn't sleep as well, and it was very tired on Sunday. I'm going to try to maintain the 12-12 plan as much as I can, not for weight loss, but just to maintain my weight and to feel better overall. Amy, I love that feedback, and I'm so glad that you shared it with me. I'm happy that I can share it here with the listening audience. Again, to just give you all something to consider when you hear this notion of intermittent fasting, and it sounds so extensive and so overwhelming and maybe so unappealing, I think the message really is that taking stock of how many hours a day you're eating and not eating might give you pause to think about a few very simple adjustments that you can make that will give your body more time to do that rest and repair that we talked about in that episode. So thanks, Amy, for sharing that. Again, as always, any of you all who are listening who have feedback from me on that episode or others, I would love to hear it. And then lastly, a follow-up from last week's episode on chores comes courtesy of one of our previous guests, Michaela Mitchell. You heard her here on the Freezer Meals episode, one of our most popular episodes. If you haven't listened to that, be sure and go back and do that. Even if you don't fancy yourself a Freezer Meals kind of person, you are likely to take something away from that episode that you can use in your own home. And Michaela posted in the Facebook group earlier this week, a great visual of a chart that she has started using at her own home called the after dinner chores chart. And it says at the top, quote, if you ate, participate, XO mom. I love that. I think it's great. And then she has all the things that she's asking of her family after dinner is over. Clear your dishes, put your food away, unload and reload the dishwasher, hand wash dirty dishes, hand wash dirty pots, pans, and knives, wipe the table, counters, range, microwave and fridge, sweep or vacuum the floor, take out the trash and recycling, and make more lemonade. And I loved how simple this chart was. It's just a handwritten chart 
very honestly, I don't think Michaela would mind me saying this. It's not Pinterest perfect, which was another comment one of our Facebook group members made this week that she had decided she was not a Pinterest mom and that she was coming to terms with that. And I told her, you are among friends. Maybe that is something about being unmillennial. We just are not Pinterest perfect moms. But Michaela's after dinner chore chart reminded me that one of the things that we can do to help our kids succeed as we are asking more of them is to give them these visual reminders. Very often I find myself as a parent rattling off things that I expect of my little guys and I have to remind myself they are not little adults. And as much as my brain is full and I need to do lists, they do as well. So Michaela, thanks for sharing that. It was a very simple but powerful reminder of our need as parents to give our children the tools that they need to succeed in doing the things that we've asked of them. So I really appreciate that. And with that, you have reached the end of this episode of This Millennial Life. Thank you for being here. You all have made this start to season two more successful than I could have possibly imagined. Every single day, we have new people join the This Millennial Life podcast Facebook group. You are invited to join as well. You can find that group at facebook.com slash groups slash this unmillennial life. If you're not wanting to show your unmillennialness off on Facebook, you can do it anywhere else you want by simply visiting the fan shop and getting a little bit of unmillennial merchandise to show off to your friends and family. You can get to the fan shop by visiting this slash fan shop. If you've heard me recommend a product in one of the previous episodes, but you didn't really catch how to find it, you can also visit this slash cool stuff. And that's where you'll find all my recommendations for products that I love. This Unmillennial Life is available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, the NPR One app, and Spotify. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, downloading, and most importantly, thanks for sharing with a friend. Hope you all have a great week. Take care. Thank you for listening to This Unmillennial Life podcast with host Reagan Jones. Musical support provided by Ben Williams at Kudzu Studio. Website support provided by Katie Widrick at MakeMediaOver.com. I'm Robin Plotkin of robinspite.com and on behalf of the podcast i invite you to join us next week for another episode thank you for listening